Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling Podcast. If you can see the smile on my face from outer space, you'll know my name's Jacob Staten, and as always, I'm joined by JJ. 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 Hello. The crowd go wild. Why do they go wild, JJ? Because Jacob Forrest are. Say it again. 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 Come on. Nottingham Forest. Yes, you're familiar with that team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm aware of that club. Yet. Our Premier League. The what? The Premier League, mate. So there was a potential thought to kind of leave the mystery in and we'll build up to it. But that and bleep that Nottingham Forest are a Premier League team after 23 years. And this is the first time that me and JJ are properly speaking about it since we uh, parted company with each other on uh, on Wembley Way, as lovers often do. And um, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, if it all of a sudden feels real, which I suppose is a good point to dive into, JJ, as we look in to discuss the train down from Wembley. We're going to give you the whole Wembley run through. Yeah. And we're going to start with that, just, with the, uh, just with that wanna, mystical train. Just want to apologise for taking so long to talk about Wembley. Um, just for those listening to explain, I went straight on holiday to Croatia for 12 days after seeing Forrest get promoted to the Premier League. So, uh I'm on cloud nine, so apologies it took so long, but literally the best few weeks of my life. So anyway. I'd say you've, I'd say you've unlocked cloud 10, if I'm being honest, but there you go. Yeah, I think I'm past cloud nine. Anyway, <laughs> talk to me. So I'm I'm already at Wembley. I stayed over on the Saturday night. Um, Sunday morning, I get a little message from you, Jacob. What was the train situation? It was, uh, it was frankly nothing short of uh, what you'd expect from uh, Eastman and Rail. Um, and the booking situation. But my experience wasn't too bad because I was at the front of the queue. So that's fine. Um, what time did you get we were, Well, we were meant to... Originally, we were going to get the 10, the 10.20 train. Uh, on the Friday before the game, it was changed to the 9.30 train. And then on the Saturday before the game, it was changed to the 8.30 train. Uh, and we got to the station at 20 to 8. Um, we did not... Decidedly, we did not get on the uh, 8.19 train to St. Pancras International. We managed to get on the randomly assigned one that was coming in at 9 o'clock to leave at 20 past with uh, 1,000 other Nottingham Forest fans, which was sensational. But... Yeah, even at 20 to 8, the queue was going up towards Hooters. It was absolutely bonkers. Hashtag big club. I think I think I've read that it went all the way down to, you know, um, you know where BBC is down by that roundabout. It, 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 went, it went back up past Hooters, over London Road, where the bridge is that goes over the train track, and then back up Station Street. <sighs> and that's the point at which the, uh, the boys in blue were turning people away, even if you had a ticket. That's which, crazy. My- which I thought was illegal, but... That's just mental. And I, I mean, we'll not dwell on it too much because it is obviously a bit of a negative. I, I wonder how many people didn't make it. Um, hopefully, a large majority managed to get there. Um, I saw a lot of people getting told to go to other train stations to get on. But my uh, mum was due to go on the 11.30 train or something similar to that. She got uh, to the train station with her mates, saw the queue, which was mental, and immediately decided to get a taxi there, um, which is crazy, but it I, seems like a lot of people did it. Apparently the motorway was just full of taxes. Big Mac Shell, isn't it? She's going to show up. That's that, She you know. shows up. It's, chips it's either chips that down, Shell risk, shows up. Run the risk of, you know, of not yeah. getting there, which, I mean, you'd pay any money to make sure you got to Wembley. So I think a lot of people um, got taxis there. But yeah, crazy that that, it's not like it's a surprise that we were 
a large majority of Nottingham was heading to London that day. So, yeah, mm. crazy. I, I, I will, you know, we're going to round this train stuff off. The, the train journey was absolutely fantastic. Um, it's it, coming out, coming out of onto St. Pancras platform and down and through thousand forest fans singing and, and that kind of thing. It was, uh, it was unreal. It was yeah. probably one of the most unexpected and best experiences of the day. It, it was like a Nottingham takeover. It was wonderful. Yeah. Um, I would like to, to to round this point out and caveat in that um, this past Friday, I was in in London with work at a conference. Uh, I got the 7.30 train back in the evening and it was worse than the train down. So it's, uh, it's, not, it's a common reoccurring theme and nothing to do with football. So mm. there you go. Uh, yeah. Rubbish. But on your point of it being a Nottingham takeover, um, I went there on the Saturday, stayed there the night before just so I was in Wembley for Sunday so I didn't have to travel, which I think was a great idea looking back at it. Um, But it was literally a Nottingham takeover throughout London. Um, Me and and the former host, Jordan, we went down together and there was literally forest shirts everywhere. It was just incredible. Incredible to see, I think. You know, you walk through London and you keep hearing... Which was just incredible. I think for every one fan in a Huddersfield shirt, I think I saw about 50 Forest fans, uh, probably more. So, yeah, Hmm. we literally took over London. Easy money. Easy money. Which brings me off the train and onto the tube, uh, giving pelters to Huddersfield fans. It was all very good natured, which which I think I really added to the day. Um, No animosity whatsoever. Um, uh, I... (laughs) I was very proud of my enchant. You're only here for the rugby uh, league, which was on the day before, which cheered me up. Um, and then I we got off the train at Wembley Park. I waved goodbye to my dad and his mates, and I came to meet you two. Where did I come to meet you, JJ? Yes, you you met us at Box Park Wembley, um, which was it was the Forest Fan Park. There's a few Forest Fan Parks around Wembley, um, but Box Park. Um, our mate Jordan had it in his sights to that, that this was the place to go, and you know what? Full credit to him. He wasn't full wrong. Credit. It was full it was credit. Incredible for once. For once, we were right. I think the fact it was a ticketed thing, you know, you had to pay ten pound for guaranteed entry, and it wasn't stacked to the rafters. You could get served, no problem. That yeah, everyone's just in a party atmosphere. There was entertainment on stage. Andy Reid came out. Julian Bennett came out. Who else came out? Uh, Nigel Jemson. Nigel Jemson. I mean amazing that everyone was in good spirits um i could go to the toilet whenever i want uh, people that have listened to the podcast before now i've got a terrible bladder um but yeah it was just it was such a good shout and i'm really glad we got the tickets it sort of set the day up perfectly um i think i think it was such a such a good party and i hope hope yeah. you agree because you obviously ditched your your own blood to come and spend it with us and get bevved up so hopefully you thought it was a good one as well yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was far too institutionalised for our Jeffrey, but uh, no, it was it was fantastic. Uh, you, a, a really good point around the the kind of ticketing system. It never felt it was it was packed to the rafters, but it never felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, the food and everything was banging. You didn't have to queue for beer. It was just a it was a really good experience. You were never quite. You never never. It was never uh, never too much, but it was you were never bored. Um, the band that played played all the bangers, all, all specifically for Forest. Presume they're all Forest fans, obviously. Um, as Steve Cooper played guitar with them afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a, it was a really good couple of really good way to to kind of bring it into the match. And 
Yeah, fair, I mean, fair, fair play to them for putting it on like that and, and for keeping it kind of to one team. Um, I do feel a bit bad for Huddersfield that they didn't get to experience that. But uh, Well, yeah. you say that, you know, on our, on, our, on our travels to the ground from it, it didn't look like their fan park was particularly buzzing. So... Um, it did uh, look there. End of, uh, yeah, their side of the stadium was particularly buzzing, either JJ. That is true. That is true. But yeah, we left. We left Box Park. Um, we travelled towards Wembley. Um, fully convinced, by the way, that my ticket wasn't going to work. I don't know. I didn't have. Why well, I had that in my head. I just thought. Oh, I know why you had so it in your head. You told it. You, I know why you had it in your head. Go on. You didn't trust the so. So, uh, fun story. Um, whenever me and JJ go to the football, my my dear wife is entrusted to print the tickets off. Um, JJ decided that uh, he didn't trust my dear wife on this occasion, and that he it's would go true. to the concierge. Uh, that he would go to the concierge at the hotel that he was staying in and ask him to print tickets off. That's he then got true. it. He then got it into his head that this person actually printed a double sets off and would go himself. Um, and yeah, that's that, why that, JJ that didn't think it was sick as good. That, that is exactly what happened, isn't it, Joshua? <laughs> no, this, this, the latter part's true. I printed them off to get into Box Park you needed a match ticket. That's my thinking. Um, but I was convinced that definitely printed another batch off and they were already sold. But yeah, walking into Wembley, that ticket going through was a big relief. But the sheer yeah. scale of it is incredible. Um, walking into the concourse, it just, you know, we were finally there. Mm. the excitement was just outrageous yeah I mean I think anyone who's listened to the podcast before understands that I, I don't have a lot of love for stadiums I'm a very I'm a very big ground fan if that makes sense so the kind of modern stadiums like like Pride Park like the Etihad like the Emirates those kind of structures that are all one they're not really my cup of tea obviously the city ground St James's Park even Old Trafford, places like that, they, they really, they tick me box, shall we say. But walking into Wembley, it is a different thing. You know, like it's designed so that wherever you sit, you have an, a banging view. There's 90,000 people there. Like, you know, like our half of the ground was bigger than the city ground. Yeah. And one half of the ground, it was it was phenomenal. Um, obviously, the, the, the pitch is in fantastic state. It's huge. Um, yeah, you just you, you you got a real sense that you were somewhere you needed to be type thing. It was it was impressive, um, and I think sometimes, well, obviously we've never been to this new Wembley, have we? So we 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 wouldn't have had that before. So it was nice to you know that that kind of thing to say, Jesus Christ, we have been there. This is this is awesome. Yeah. So. And it's just yeah, I was waiting. I've not been to Wembley. I was waiting for Forest to be my first time and being there and just seeing. the so many Forest fans and realising that this is actually happening. Um, obviously yeah, after the yeah. mental um, Sheffield United end, you know, the fact that we were there, it, it just felt incredible. And it sort of felt like whatever happens, this this is as like, we at this point, we'll talk about the first half now, but at this point before the game, were you nervous? Mm, no, no. Um... I kind of, I kind of got myself into a mental state where we'd already won so much as this wasn't a possibility at the start of the season. Yeah. However, did I ever consider the fact that Huddersfield could win that match? Not in the slightest. When I think that they were beaten by us at our absolute worst, they were our first win of the season. Um, the game they beat us at the City Ground is, and I will categorically state this to anyone who listen, is the best time, a best game I've seen Forest play under Steve Cooper. We just, we just didn't win. 
Um, would we have won that game if we had Davis and Surridge? Absolutely. If it'd been a week, le- week, week later. And uh, in the FA Cup, we beat them and then literally turned off. Like they all run at 50% ca- capacity in, this, in the second half of that FA Cup game. So genuinely not worried about what they could what they could throw at us. Um, but kind of, you know, you're never not nervous if you're playing a, a big game like this. Yeah. Well, I was. I woke up and I'd throw up a few times in the morning. <laughs> um, just literally out of your nerves. Um, but by the time I was in Wembley and, and I, it just sort of felt special and the nerves seemed to disappear a bit. I thought, this is our day, you know. I, I know Box Park Pints probably helps a lot with that. <laughs> but yeah, I was just excited. And we took our seats, um, great seats. I think anywhere you sit in Wembley is probably going to be a great seat. Mm. But um, surrounded by a hell of a lot of Forest fans. We had Julian Bennett in front of us. Mm. And yeah, it, it was time. So I think the, the pre-kickoff just felt so special um, without getting too soppy, you know, stood there with my mates, Forest here at Wembley. It, yeah, it was, it was, it felt very emotional. You could see sort of people around you getting emotional yeah. about it. this is happening, people remembering loved ones, stuff like that. So yeah, we're just, just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the, the first half itself was, I, I think we were, you know, I, I know I've spoken to neutrals since um, and, you know, everybody's kind of told me it wasn't a humdinger and they were expecting a humdinger. But you know what? I was so pleased with that first half. I thought we controlled. We were, we, we were very, I was expecting us to have the ball, expecting them to give us the ball because they want to counter attack. Um, and I reject this notion that we only play counter attack in football. We only play, we do play counter attack in football, but only when the other team wants the ball type thing. Mm. We were very comfortable. We've got good footballers. Um, I thought Steve Cook was absolutely phenomenal throughout the whole game, but in particular the first half, he, I don't know, he's just, he's just a very strong player, very strong player, decent, underrated on the ball. Um, Joe Worrell pinging passes about. It's just, yeah, there was, there was a, in that third, we were so controlled in that first half. I know there was a couple of times when they kind of skipped through and all that, but yeah, it was just, just very, 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 very good, very tactical. Um, and then we get the uh, what I'm going to call the James Garner goal because it was on target. So, but yeah, it was just a. I don't know when that goal went in, and I think I said it in the in the recorded podcast with the short one we put out last time. There was like a, it wasn't cheering and it wasn't happiness. It was like an expulsion of 23 years of relief. And I I, I genuinely think, and I think I was one of them. I think people were screaming like <laughs> not as in a not as in a yeah. Is in a um, like Ringo Starr at the end of Health Skelter. If anyone was listening to that song, I've got blisters on my fingers. It was a, it, it, it was it was like a primal scream. I don't know, man. It was just a, and I remember being kind of knocked back backwards by it and thinking, Jesus Christ, like that is this isn't normal. This isn't a normal day in your life. This is something that all these people who we were here with were all experiencing with them. It, it was a, it was a strange thing. But um, obviously, a wonderful thing, and yeah. just uh, yeah, it was, I know, it, I, it's so important to go in, go in ahead. Yeah, and I know that people talk about VAR ruining celebrations and stuff like that. Something might have happened, I don't know, but not not one single Forest fan was waiting for VAR. No, 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 it was no. just like an eruption of of just sound. And 
people were hugging each other. You lifted me up about ten feet into the air. Um, <laughs> was hugging people behind us. It was, it was just. It felt. It was almost like a relieving. It was like all these years of stress. It was just a relief that we're here. We've seen Forest score at Wembley. Mm. Um, I, I don't think I. Could, I, I just don't think I could put words put it into words how much how good it felt just to see a score and it was like that when when we scored there was like a half a second where people registered it and then just went mental um, yeah yeah spare a thought for our dear friend jordan who helped get us the tickets <laughs> who missed the goal because he went to go and get himself a hot dog barely so so just so this this story gets even better when you consider that before the game in the bank he bought two hot dogs <laughs> he ate one and then decided that he didn't want the other one and gave it to JJ my brother who shared it in a sort of fashion at it so then he's gone back in to get another hot dog and he's missed our only goal at Wembley the for 30 years forest, and then another side show. note he's there he then before the game he drops mustard on his brand new disgusting pair of grey Yeezys <sighs> so they now have that they now have that they now have that weeknight steward trim with the fluorescent on them Horrible, horrible <laughs> trainers. But yeah, you missed the um, goal. Um, you missed the absolute scenes, absolute limbs that, that yeah. ensued. So, yeah. But he was getting a sausage in him, so fair play. Yeah, he got his hot dog. Well, some some might say that's better. So there you go. I, which, I'm um, one of those people. <laughs> which I suppose rounds us out into the second half, which was. Oh, I, I don't, I, 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 for the second on. half, like I don't really know what I can say about it because because we'd. Because we'd gone in winning and we were like, this is going to happen. Hmm. And this is going to sound like such a weird sentence to say. It felt like the longest 45 minutes of my life, but the quickest. Yeah. And it makes yeah, no it sense. No, it, it, it was a. If you take it as a whole, it felt very long. But individually, like I remember looking at the clock in, in, in Wembley and being like, oh, shit, the bed, it's 65 minutes. Oh, it's 77. Oh, it's 80, 85. Wait, wait, wait. We're five minutes away from Wembley, from the Premier League. And then, obviously, the ball went up for six minutes. I don't know where six minutes came from. No. Um, and, then, and then I... I, I need to I, jump I, I, in I, at this six minutes. Go on, um, go on. Because it was one of my favourite parts of the day, I think. Um, six minutes goes up on the board. You're a genius. You put your time on your phone. Of course, yeah. Six minutes on. I asked you, <laughs> so in my head, I was like, right, I'm going to ask him and then he's going to tell me a minute's gone. Then I'm going to ask him again, he's going to tell me two minutes gone. So I go, right, okay, this is fuck, this is horrible. Jacob, how long's gone? You're like, 20 seconds. Right, okay. <laughs> 10 minutes passed. Jacob, how long left? It's 30 seconds gone. I'm like, this is this is going to be <laughs> tough. This is going to be painful. Um, bear in mind, Brie Samba's gone off. We've got Horv off in goal. Yeah. They, they, had, a, they had a few goes. Um, but I just think that whole six minutes condensed into a time on the phone felt like a lifetime and asking you yeah. continuously how long's left, how long's left. And then, you know, we finally got to the point where, right, time's up. He, I can't remember who it was that had a go, but they took a shot and it went out for Horvath. Um, <laughs> I remember, and yeah. you were like, you were this pissed. is it. <laughs> now you started singing E-I-E-I-E-O or we go or we are Premier League or something and the guy on the other side of Jordan gave you a fucking bollocking because <laughs> we weren't up he gave you like proper daggers the ball was out after six minutes it's, uh, Steve Cooper the whistle did go Cor- the whistle, yeah. and it was game over 
Oh, we've oh, yeah, that, it. That's six minutes. That's six yeah, minutes. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, well, the other, the other side of the conversation, so I was, so my brother was sat on the other side of me and you were sat next to me. And uh, I, so I'd started, as soon as, that, as soon as that ball went up, as soon as it ticked over 90, I started a countdown from six. And my brother, he started a, a stopwatch just at like 30 seconds into it. So every time I went, there's two minutes left or whatever it was, he was going, oh, actually, it's uh, four and a half minutes. And I, I, I have never been so angry in all my life. Side, like, side note, my brother's an actual genius. He's a doctor and all, all that kind of shit. So it felt really, really good to be right for once about something that meant so much. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, it was a, uh, yeah, just a, uh, I mean, even, even the extra time didn't go slowly. Um, oh, it did they, for me. They didn't, they didn't offer anything, did they? They didn't offer anything at all. Um, uh, you know, obviously before, you know, before discussing full time, we need to talk about the two penalties. Yes, um, yeah, we do. The first one for me, having seen the VAR replay, I still don't know if Colback touched him. So, th- I mean, theoretically the advantage goes to the attacking team. So I, I would have swallowed that either way, I think. I wouldn't have been happy about it, but I swallowed it. The second one is an absolute penalty. And the fact that VAR doesn't look at that, for me, is a yet another nail in its coffin. And we just shouldn't use it. We just shouldn't use it. There's no need for it. Part of the really good stuff about football is this, This I don't know, there's, there's that purple patch, isn't there, in the middle that kind of is just what will be will be, the case or are bit. And we're ebbing away at that to come up with something that still isn't perfect. You know, VAR should only be used... I'm going on a VAR rant. I'm going to study it in a second. should only be used for yes or no situations and there should be a time limit of 30 seconds. But the fact that they didn't look at that, I mean, God. thank thank whatever God you, you 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 support. But, it you know, praise Cooper. It didn't. But, yeah, well, it just... All I'll say is thank God that it, it didn't go their way. Um, I think there's the old saying that bad refereeing decisions balance out over the course of the season. I hate, um, I hate that. Well, I, I just think that we've been stung a lot this season and I don't think I ever felt like it was balancing out and I think we've been stung um, and I thought we're not going to get any sort of comeuppance from this. But if there's one moment that we can take it balancing out and it's going our favour in a, in a playoff final, great. All I can say is on that, probably should have been at least one penalty, but if you want to win a playoff final, get a shot on target. Yeah, 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 very true, very true. Which brings us into the absolute scenes at full time. Um, I'm not ashamed to say I cried. Um, the thing that tipped me over the edge was um, I was I was genuinely perfectly fine um, even before the match and everything. It was I looked up as we we're all celebrating, and Joe Worrell was walking to, in the centre circle, sobbing, and Steve Cooper put his arm around him. And it sent me to a completely different universe. And yeah, uh, I'm not ashamed to say I, I shed a tear or 17. I think, it I don't a, think, I don't think you're alone in that. I think looking around, mm. I, I, I put it out there, I cried a lot before the game at full time. Mm. I didn't because I was just so happy. Um, but looking around, I'm consoling you and um, our mate Jordan, who somehow cried about displaying any tears. Um, <laughs> But looking around, you just saw literally everybody crying. Um, yeah, I think it's just the sheer emotion and relief in it. It was, it was nice to see, and I think people were hugging anybody that they could get their hands on. Really, um, yeah. 
So I don't think you're alone in that. There's a million people and what a perfect way to sort of finish it. Joe Worrell cried. I watched his interview back and you can see the tears in his eyes. Don't understand how he composed himself enough to actually give a, a proper interview. Um, really impressive. But the scenes at the end, not one Forest fan left. I think the, the greatest part was looking at the Huddersfield end and seeing all the Forest fans that had nestled themselves yeah. in walk around to the side to join in the... Yeah. celebrations um Wembley DJ played the tracks that the fans wanted which I think was incredible just seeing the, the players celebrate I mean it still hasn't sunk in for me today I don't know if I was for you but at that time just seeing them celebrate and it was just continuously going oh my god yeah. we've done it it was yeah uh, un- just and I, I like I knew my mum was there she she was Obviously, opposite side of the stadium, but she was. Quite, she of was course, partying. big. Of course, big Matt Shell was there. She was there, and and no, I know she was out there. And loads of my mates at Spot Forester there, jumping up and down to the songs. And I was mm. with you lot. It was just, uh, yeah, I've said it a lot, but you can't put it into words that how how good it felt. And yeah, amazing. I don't was know it? how long it even lasted at the end. Um, well, we got out of there about seven ish, I think. Yeah. So, you know, the game probably finished around 20 past six. So, you know, 40, Fair. 45, 50 minutes of celebrating after the game. I, I, Just, I, I wouldn't have, like, I would have stayed there even longer if, if trains weren't a thing. I'd have stayed there yeah. even longer. It was watching them lift the trophy in, in the Royal, was it Royal? What do you call it? The Royal uh, Box. Royal Box. And they've, they've got, the obviously, the plinth with the massive mm. sign and they're running it around. You know, you've got Yates swimming in front of the, the crowd yeah. of Forest players, uh, fans. I just think, yeah, incredible. Yeah. But I think I think we'll wrap up Wembley there. We've digressed quite a lot into this. We were supposed to just briefly talk about it, but I think you can get the impression, hopefully, from this. We'll have missed a lot that we probably should talk about. For example, mm. James Garner making a tackle in the first half that was literally cheered as if it was a goal. Um, but all in all, just the best day of my life, and I'm sure you can agree. Uh, well, you've got kids, so maybe. Uh, and you got married, so maybe you're not allowed to say that. Um, no, of course it's not. Yes, it fucking was. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely is. I'm going to say it on his behalf, best day of his life. Uh, or one of... <laughs> Uh, one joint, off, one joint, off, joint one top off. with a few special, special top, yeah. So what? I suppose we move, we move, yes. we move 130 miles north. The celebrations didn't the, stop, did they? To the heart of the Midlands, into the old Market Square or the Slab Square, as some degenerates have named it. Um, yeah, what a what a. So I, I went, wife, two children. Um, I thought I'd got there in ample time. Wrong. Um, I was with a terrible view because Nottingham City Council don't fancy doing any hedge trimming. Um, outside five guys. Um, this is this is how busy it was. I was ten feet to my right was somebody I work with, and ten feet to my left was my cousin. And I did not see either of those people. I only realised because I saw their photographs afterwards, and I went, "Ah, there I am! Ah, there I am!" That's how busy it was. Um, DJ was on. Um, just the, the 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 interviews they did, um, the questions they asked. I thought the speech from Evangelos Marinakis was. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't think he could speak English. Don't know why, but I just you know I, he doesn't do these things. So I just assumed yeah. that was why. 
Um, every word he said filled me with um, pride and just expectation for what's coming. I think he's going to dip his hands in his pockets, and uh, I mean we'll touch on this later. But yeah, it was a yeah, it was a it was a it was a wonderful day, and um, um, I suppose shame that you live in the grim north. Yeah, well, I, um, as I said, I was going to Croatia on holiday, so it didn't make sense for me to go down. But watching the celebrations online, and it still didn't because the, the weird thing is, it still didn't feel real, and this was such mm. a big thing happening to the city of Nottingham. Even yeah. seeing those scenes, it didn't feel real either. So um, I think it was a, a really great, um, it's well-organised. And I think the players, the interview, like you said, the interviews they did was great. Turnout was obviously incredible. Each player getting the chance to sort of come out and get a, a bit of a cheer. Even Gaten Bong, who looked cool as ice when he came out with his cigar. Um, just mm. seeing the players ecstatic, dancing, Sounds like Keenan Davis nearly got completely naked. Um, but yeah, I'd, good lad. Marinakis, I think, seems to keep himself completely behind the scenes. Um, pro- he's spoken when he needed to, which is now to say that he's delivered. Um, and he has delivered. And I really liked the line that, you know, we are a club that thrives on its own history, but let's put that behind us and let's make our own history now, which I think is mm. special. Um not something we're used to as, as far as fans. Obviously, people talk about the past. That is Forest, but now we've got a chance to write our our own story. So I think very encouraging words, and I think he will dip into his pocket, which is going to be needed. But the celebrations looked incredible. Everyone partying. I think any time I just can't get enough gets played, I will be on the table dancing. So yeah, very absolutely. special again. Which and also Colin well, Frey as well. Just want to mention absolute yeah. hero. Really pleased that he got the chance to both commentate at Wembley, watch Forest win at Wembley, and then do the event at Market Square. So, absolutely yeah. legend. I think we're very lucky to have him as a commentator. Yes, I think that's yeah. I think we've all learned from I follow and, and stuff like that. When you get the the random home commentators, that we are extremely lucky to uh, to have someone who clearly cares, actually has a nice voice, and yeah. um, is quite eloquent. So yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, great. And as he said, yeah. Forest are Premier League. Oh, shivers. Um, which brings us nicely into the mist rolling in end of season 2021-22 Nottingham Forest Awards. Catchy um, title. That's your t- catchy title. Um, amazingly, there's been 127 votes in total, which is absolutely mind-boggling. Um, considering that JJ doesn't like his own podcast enough to share the uh, poll. I was on holiday. It would ruin the aesthetic. Just saying. <laughs> blue sky so, thinking. There's a blue sky thinking. Here we go. So we've ordered them. There are five categories, which are signing of the season, moment of the season, limbs of the season. I'll explain more how those two are different. Goal of the season and player of the season. Um, that's the order we're going to run through. We're going to give you, we're going to let you know which, which player got our vote. Then we're going to run through the top three for each category, and uh, hope you, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. So I'll, I'll kick off with signing of the season. JJ, can you read yeah. the list back to us? So we went for both loan and permanent. I thought it was only I first. Quite, I would norm, I would normally say you can only do permanent, but I, th- I think given the effect that loan players have yes. had on our season, absolutely. So the list was Steve Cook, Jed Spence, James Garner, Keenan Davis, Sam Surridge, Ivan Horvath. 
Zande Silva, Brian Ojeda, Richie Larea, and Jonathan Panzo. I didn't include Rodrigo Eli or Mohamed Draga because I didn't play. No. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so... Him, but yeah, that was the list. JJ, who did you vote for? So, I voted for, and I think it just makes complete sense, um, Jed Spence, uh, possible Spurs. We'll talk about it later. We'll, I, yeah. won't, I, won't, I won't skip ahead. Jed Spence, I think the impact he made. I remember after Matty Cash left, I remember thinking, we'll never get a right back as good as that. There was a huge hole. There was a huge Massive. hole last season, yeah. Um here we are with with someone that when he arrived, I said, "Who? What's the point loaning someone off another championship yep. club?" Uh, he's been incredible. I think the partnership he made with Brendan was incredible. There's a reason he's being touted as twenty million to Spurs. So, yeah, absolute massive impact. Uh, I think it was a really tough decision. There's loads I could have voted mm. for, but Jed Spence um, wins it for me. Well, my vote was for James Garner. Um, I think he has a real, real future at a big club like Manchester United. I think he is as good as we think he is. Um, I think if Ten Hag takes a look at him and sends him back out on loan, he's a mug. I'll be thankful, but I think he's a mug. Um, Just a, a wonderful footballer who has unlimited potential and it just, yeah... It's just, you know, we, we got him, we, we were begging for him to come back after coming in from Watford. And I think it's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a great player and deserves deserves all the success that I, I know he's going to get as, yeah. he, as he goes on with his career. Completely. So, so into the top three. So in third place with 7.1% of the vote, which I'm going to try and figure out now is about six or seven votes, uh, is it's Steve nine. Cook. Nine Sorry. votes. So Steve Cook. Steve Cook, who at risk of going into a monologue about every single player and every single thing that gets mentioned, Steve Cook, for me, was man of the match at Wembley. He is a phenomenal centre-back, a phenomenal leader, and he's already... I I still forget he joined in January and not the start of the season. He is is already a Forest legend type thing. Um, But anyway... Into second place, which is my choice of James Garner with 13.4% of the vote. And in first place, drum roll please, which I'm sure JJ will add after the fact, Absolutely. is Diop Jedhotep to who I want to say, I'm the remember at the top of my head, Spence, with 70.1% of the vote. That is ridiculous. Um, however, for an absolutely ridiculous player, so congratulations, Jed Spence, for signing of the season. Um, please don't sign for Spurs. Anyway, well deserved, well deserved. And do you know what? I, there's there's a number of players in there. You know, there's players we didn't we didn't include, which is uh, very typical of the old Forest. But what is typical of I think of the new Forest is there are so many players on that list. The fact Steve Cook got nine votes out of 127 is yeah. both shocking and incredible. Um, which moves us, JJ, into moment of the season. Now, before I let you go further on this, I'm going to explain the difference between moment and moment and limbs. Um, moment is the for me is the kind of the light bulb flicking on where you go, Jesus Christ, what is our season? And limbs is the moment where you lose control of your mind, bladder, and um, faculties. It's where you go 
arms in the air and lose your mind and it's yeah that's the difference so talk to us about moment of the season JJ so moment of the season excludes the playoff final um, I think if we oh, included winning the playoff final I think it'd be 100% um, so we, we excluded that so the options were losing to Middlesbrough which in turn meant Hewton was sat and Cooper was in <laughs> um, second one was retaining the Brian Clough trophy we then had Liverpool in the FA Cup we then had Leicester in the FA Cup. We had beaten Fulham away 1-0. And we had Samba's penalty heroics versus Sheffield United. So, Jacob, mm. what did you go for? See, I voted when this was still in the testing phase. So I'm not 100% sure on what I voted for. But knowing how argumentative I am, I I think I voted for, for the Middlesbrough loss and Hooten getting sacked, which... I'm a huge believer in sliding doors moments and that was an absolute slide. You know, when people say, I've heard people say, you know, if we'd had Cooper from the start of the season, we'd have gone up automatic, maybe even champions, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Maybe, maybe, but we wouldn't have had that <coughs> them versus us mentality of being bottom and being made to look absolute fools. So I think that that loss, which brought Stephen Reid to the helm, which brought Stephen Reed to Steve Cooper's attention and Steve Cooper comes in and carries on the work. There's an interview around two or three games in Steve Cooper's reign where he basically says he was in charge for that first game against Huddersfield. There you go. Um, so yeah, it's um, that was a real sliding doors moment for me and I, that, that was why it was my, my moment of the season where all the other moments came from, in my opinion. Yeah, um, my vote went for Samba's penalty heroics versus Sheffield United. Obvious reasons... Um, Absolutely incredible to witness. We were obviously there on the ground. The penalty shoot happened in front of us. If you've listened to our podcast on it, you can understand <coughs> why we enjoyed it so much. Um, so, you know, it got us to a playoff final. Uh, just just incredible moment. I got to share with you and my mum. So that's why that one got, got my vote. But what matters most is the people's vote. So I feel like Talk a bit like Dermot O'Leary at X Factor. So... Um, moment of the season uh, we'll go three to one so third place was retaining the Brian Clough trophy with 3.9% of the vote I think that, that says everything three when, votes uh, let's have a look five your maths is well off but when only 3.9% of the votes go towards beating Derby I think that shows what a good season it's been especially when you especially when you consider that we've feasibly retained them forever possibly yes um, Sheep United or whatever they might come back as whatever that would be will be but yeah they're, they're on the way on the way away aren't they uh, in second place it was Leicester in the FA Cup with 26% wow uh, another thing that we very lucky to be at the ground to witness very special moment great performance didn't feel real at the time um, no and one that I think leads us quite nicely into next season as we can see that we can mix it with the big boys Yes, we can. And the moment of the season, I think to no one's surprise, with 62.2% of the vote is Samba's penalty heroics versus Sheffield United. Yeah, Massive. an obvious choice. An obvious choice. Um, huge shout out for Leicester in the FA Cup as well. Great game. Um, mad that we got to an FA Cup quarter final and held Liverpool, Champions League finalists, to a bullshit offside 1-0 win. And it doesn't even get in the top three with less than five votes, with more than five votes. Yeah. That is the season we've had. You know, incredible, incredible, absolutely incredible. 
Yeah. Um, which moves us, trots us on nicely to limbs of the season. So JJ, options please. Options for limbs of the season. Again, excluding the playoff final, obvious reasons, but we've got Ryan Yates last minute equaliser versus Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in the league, not in the playoffs, as you remember. Samba's penalty save versus Morgan Gibbs-White. That was the last penalty that won us. Won it for us. We've got Lyle Taylor's second goal versus Bristol City. We scored two in added time. We've got Ryan Yates' last-minute equaliser versus Stoke. Yates, he loves last-minute equalisers, obviously. Mm. And we've got Blackpool away, where essentially um, Forrest just took over Blackpool and absolutely smashed him. Yes. So I think I voted for... And I think this is going to be a huge shock. And I, and I don't think you'll get the same one as me, JJ. The Samba save versus Morgan Gibbs-White. Yeah, I think I did go for that one as well. There's a number of really good limbs in there. I mean, I, I'm thinking off the top of my head, I think Blackpool was a was a real moment, was a real... Yeah. I, I remember it was after the international break, wasn't it? And it was, it was. a it was a you know a tricky tie. You know, we, we don't have a great record against Blackburn. And I don't think either of us ever trust what they're going to do. So... Yeah, it was a, that was a great limbs. Um, Lyle Taylor against Bristol. Eye-opening as to what is actually possible when everyone's pulling in one one direction. Um, Ryan Yates, the two last-minute equalisers. Again, when everyone's pulling in, in pulling in one direction. Brilliant. But yeah, for me, it was the Samba save against uh, Morgan Gibbs-White. Yeah, Samba save for me as well. Um, incredible moment. Special shout-out, particularly to the Lyle Taylor second goal. I was actually watching that at home um, in my office. And I remember when that second goal went in, jumping up, I'd flip my chair over somehow. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. I was screaming around the house. Um, that felt like a really special sort of turning yeah. point for us. So I was I was watching that on a stream, and the, the the goal came through on my phone from BBC before it went on the thing, and I I sat there kind of puzzled as as watching it happen. Something happened that I already knew happened. Thinking, well, we don't we don't do that. Yeah, it's normally against us. Yeah, Um, which was incredible. So the top three in third place with 14.2% of the vote is Ryan Yates' last-minute equaliser versus Sheffield United. Uh, You you and Jordan were at that game, um, and I was obviously watching it on television at home. Friday night, you know, decent rival. Brendan Johnson missed the penalty. Just Just a phenomenal... Phenomenal piece of play from Ryan Yates and and yeah. Yeah, I mean, being there, I lost my voice screaming so much from sheer excitement. It was the least we deserved. Um, yeah, another special moment in the season. Yeah. So in second place with 33.1% of the vote was Lyle Taylor's second goal versus Bristol. I mean, we've already kind of surmised that it was a, a, a just another, we don't do that moment. Um yeah, it just there's so many of these throughout the season which really make really puts into context the job that Steve Cooper's done. Um, we get over the line. That's what we do as a club now. Um, which getting over the line brings us to 41.7% of the vote for Bree Sammer's penalty save versus Morgan Gibbs White. And this will forever stick in my mind, JJ, because as we got to around the 119th minute, it was just after Bree Sammer had made that save from oh, Unjai and JJ turned to me in a half-cut, sad face, puppy dog eyes on him, and he goes, Samba's shit at saving penalties. I didn't and I, say I, shit. 
Uh, well, you may have said the word rubbish, but it, it was a derogatory word as to his penalty saving abilities. And I, I went all screw face, bunched up. I went, what? He's awesome at saving penalties. And lo and behold, JJ, here we sit in the Premier I, League. I didn't question his penalty saving ability. I just said, if this goes to penalty shootouts, if this goes to penalty shootout, he isn't saving one. Not because he can't, just because, you know, it's the, the way, the Forest way again. The, the point you keep making, we don't do that. It, it happened. I'd, yeah. <laughs> what a moment. I, I, I think you're fabricating there, but I'll let it slide. Michael Fabricant. Um, Michael Fabricant, just like his hair. JJ, goal of the season. Let me hear it. Let me hear them options. So I think you seem quite opinionated on this one. Um, and I... I'm a firm believer in this this being the right. Oh, I need two options, don't I? Sorry. He <laughs> <laughs> needs to go to bed. So, He's fasting. So we've got Jack Colback versus West Brom, Lewis Graben versus Birmingham, Kieran Davis second goal versus Reading, Bang Jed it. Spence versus QPR, and Bang James it. Garner versus Blackburn. Banger. That's my early point. Before I was rudely interrupted by Jacob, reminding me I've done the whole format wrong. You're quite opinionated on it. I went for Jack Colback versus West Brom because he definitely meant it. You can tell by his eyes. He said so himself. What a goal. Um, no, no chance. Not having it. Didn't mean it. And uh, I did actually deliberated putting this goal into the competition. Oh, come Cause on. Because he, he didn't mean it. It's he did not, mean it. In no chance. Absolutely no chance. Exact same as that... Uh, uh, was it Papi Cisse scored a similar goal for Newcastle? He did not mean it. Absolute chance there. Um, great strike. And I'll, I'll celebrate it all day long. But uh, yeah. Who, who gets your vote then? Who got my vote? Um, so I was torn. I, I'm a huge fan of the James Garner goal versus Blackburn, where the one where Keenan Davis would not be knocked over and he kept going. And then um, James Garner sends that Blackburn defender for an absolute hot dog and Thierry Henry's it into the corner it, it sits so lovely he sends him to Jordan at Wembley Concourse <laughs> during the yeah, first yeah, yeah, yeah. goal do you mind if I get on the other end of this I've just been sent for one by Jimmy Garner um, yeah um, however the head overruled the heart and said that Jed Spencer's goal versus Queen's Park Rangers was Incredible. absolutely phenomenal so that got my vote for goal of the season, and it was a, it was a turning point in the game as well. And yeah, yeah we needed it. it was... We needed it. It was tough. It was very <laughs> tough to choose between Colbert's goal and Jed Spencer's mm. goal. I will say, but Spencer's goal was very special. Uh, but yeah. I think the sheer wonder goal that is Colbert's has to yeah. win it. Well, there, just just to, just before we dive into the results, um, there is a video. Somebody has put a compilation of every single Forest goal from the season, league and league and cups. So please, I implore you to spend 20 minutes of your life watching it because not only did we score some bangers, we also scored some goals. I can't, literally, we got to, what did we get to? It was January and there was like 14 minutes of this video left. I couldn't believe it. It's There's no replays either. It's it, it's a perfect video, so please go and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm doing the results, aren't I? You are. There you go. I'm on third form. place. I'm on Talk form. to me. Third place is Keenan Davis's second versus Reading with a great goal. Four point seven percent of the vote. Great goal. Um, only four point. Great run and bends it into the corner. Yeah, I actually uh, saw his first goal back. The one that he scored after like ten seconds. Another great goal. 
could have been on the list. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a wonderful run and finish. So yeah, in second place with twenty nine point nine percent of the vote, and you know scoring a goal like this and not even being voted goal of the season, you'd be absolutely fuming. But Jed Spence versus QPR came in second place. You're all absolute wrongers, JJ. Tell us what's first. First, I don't think to anyone but Jacob's surprise, with 60.6% of the vote is Colback versus West Brom, where he definitely <sighs> meant it. And it, yeah. we asked for comments at the end of the uh, form, the awards form, whatever you want to call it, and somebody did write, Colback definitely meant it. So I'm only going to assume that that is Jack Colback himself writing it, confirming that he meant it. Um, I believe that's somebody I play football with on a Thursday night. I think that's rich, but uh, yeah. Don't shout no. the illusion. Don't shatter the illusion. Uh, well, there is no illusion. He didn't mean it, and uh, you're yes, all wrong. We, we but, but we'll move to the last category, which, in my opinion, is is kind of the hardest and most important of any team's awards at the end of the season, which is the player of the season. Uh, JJ, can you give me the roll call, please? So, for player of the season, um, I do you want me to give the roll call we originally decided that it was going to be we were going to handpick four or five options instead we thought it was only fair to include the entire squad so the whole squad was listed for player of the season just 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 before you just before we we jump into i'm just going to wikipedia this season and i'm going to run through who's played the most games and this is how hard it is to vote for this category so I'm just looking at the stats now. Nothing like doing it on the job, is it? On the job. So appearances uh, total. Here we go. So Brennan Johnson could definitely be player of the season. Ryan Yates could definitely be player of the season. Scott McKenna could definitely be player of the season. Philip Zinconogel, uh, but also if you watch that goals video back, he was phenomenal that first half. So definitely could be player of the season. James Garner, yes. Jed Spence, yes. Joe Worrell, yes. Jack Colback, yes. Bree Samba, yes. Lewis Graben, again, scored 13 goals this season. Arguably could be player of the season. That's how far down that, you know, you've got Sam Surridge who's even lower down. Max Lowe had a great season when he wasn't injured. Keenan Davis was phenomenal when he came in on loan. Um, Steve Cook. Steve Cook, what a player. Um, even Ethan Horvath, when he came in, phenomenal. That's how good our team has been this season. It's been a team effort. So... JJ, tell me who got your vote. So my vote went to Brennan Johnson. Um, I think this was his season. <laughs> I think being told that he wasn't good enough for the championship by Chris Hutton was one of the most mental things I've heard. I think he completely proved him wrong. Um, he just He's just got the, the X factor, um, I think. And there's been occasions where I've been frustrated at him because he just sort of ghosts a bit, but then... All of a sudden, he's got that spark that just, you know, proves you wrong. So yeah. I think the sheer numbers that he's provided in his first season in the championship is incredible. Really pleased that, well, as at the time of recording, he's going to play Premier League football with Forrest, but You're pleased that he's going to get his chance in the Premier League and he's just scored <laughs> for Wales as well. He just seems like a very special player and he's still so young as well. Um, but I think, yeah, fully deserves player of the season. Absolutely. Um, so my vote was for James Garner um, for all the reasons I outlined earlier around him being the signing of the season. Um, phenomenal footballer with an incredible future ahead of him. Um, and somebody who I think really, 
really feels a very you know how, how we feel about him I think I feel like he feels about us which is uh, you know is half the battle won in football if you're a player um, so yeah so on to the results so in third place with 13.4% if we'd done a category for most improved this player would have got my vote and I think he would have probably got at least 80-90% to of the votes it's Ryan Yates who I will absolutely say we were coined as Yaters we started yeah. this podcast two three years ago um, I was. I didn't think he was a very good footballer or he certainly wasn't utilised right. And he is now a box-to-box midf- dynamic midfielder who is a box-to-box dynamic midfielder. And he puts us at least a 7 out of 10 in every week. And he's extremely effective. And I have never been more wrong and uh, more happy to be more wrong. So yeah. congratulations to Ryan Yates on being third place with 13.4% of the vote. In second place... With 23.6% of the vote is Yarwiman Brennan Johnson. Uh, yeah, goals, assists. Um, I think that kind of, he's going to get the accusation of going missing. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying this is all the time, but I think a lot of that is due to his, the way he's been defended. You know, it, at times he's had two, three men on him. But what is crucial for me is that he can't be taken off because if they go to sleep for any second, he will get in and he will punish them. And it's it's really nice to see somebody like this at this age playing as a striker and not just as a lot of these players get pushed out to the wing. And I'm thinking kind of Marcus Rashford, they kind of they kind of lose their lose the bit between the teeth almost. And it's just it's nice to see the way he's progressing and and, and really well deserved a second place in this in this competition. Which JJ brings us to number one. Who is it gonna be? Who's it going to be? Because we've said Ryan Yates and Brennan Johnson. There's a whole host of people. Uh, it could be Joe Worrell. could be Lewis Graben. could be Jed James Spence. Garner. could be Jed Spence. It could be Steve Cook. But it actually is Scott McKenna with 35.4% wow. of the vote. And I think that that is a wonderful testament to the, the way Forest fans appreciate hard-working players who give you that 7, 8 out of 10 every week because that's certainly what he gives us. He is... There was a thing after the Sheffield United second leg before the player final, there was an athletic article. Uh, Was it? No, sorry. The Totally Football League podcast. I was listening to that, obviously. It's all about Forest because there was only a couple of games left and they were saying that the weak link seems to be Colback and McKenna down the left-hand side. And I, I visibly spat coffee uh, onto my counter or desk or wherever I was at the time. I thought, are you actually on drugs? Um, yeah, that's he's just a well-deserved winner. It's quite it's a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, it's a yeah. massive surprise to me, I think. I, I, you expect... Your Jed Spencers, your Brennan Johnsons, the Keenan Davises, the Samsung. Goals mean prizes, don't they? Goals, goals prizes. attacking, exciting. I fully expected, I thought Brennan would smash it. I thought Jed would come mm. close second. Um, really surprised. Scott McKenna. And I, the thing is, I'm surprised, but then when I actually think about it, I'm like, that's a great choice. Yeah. He's incredible. Um, consistently brilliant. Uh, I think I think he's Premier League standard already. I think that's one of the best bit of um, businesses we've done in the transfer window over the last few years. Yeah. Um, I think we were very lucky to get him from Aberdeen. 
he's all similar to Brennan Johnson just scoring for Wales. He's just scored for Scotland. So I think he's I think Scott McKenna's gonna do incredible in the Premier League and what a season he's had. He's been Mr. Consistent. Mm-hmm. Um a very handsome boy as well. Yeah, stunning. Stunning like a young Burt Reynolds, I might say. Yeah. Um I think we're going to leave it there this week. Um, we're probably going to come back in a couple of weeks with kind of what to expect from the Prem. Um, you know, there's a whole whole host of stuff around the, the Samba suspense situation. Probably best if we come back to that once it's kind of been resolved and we can we can spit over that then. Um, but yeah, just en- enjoy this. That's what I'll say. You know, en- enjoy being a Forest fan. S- laugh in the faces of people who are Derby fans. Um, be smug, smile, think about it. This this doesn't happen every week. Um, so enjoy it. JJ? Yeah, I think um, we we sort of went for longer than we thought here, but I think it's it's so easy to get sort of carried away remembering what a special moment in time this is for Forest fans. So I think Jacob's advice of just enjoying it is incredible. Um, enjoy the excitement. Enjoy the million links to players that we've got now that we're a Premier League club. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever happens in terms of getting players back or not getting players back, whatever happens will happen. I trust in the recruitment team. Very sad if we don't get Spence, but whatever happens, happens. I trust them. I've got full faith in Steve Cooper. Um, we'll be back with more podcasts about what to expect about the transfer situations we know a bit more we've got a few comments from people off the back of this awards um document that we would like to share with you we'll do that we'll formulate that into a proper document try and share that with you in the next podcast but yeah as jacob said perfectly just enjoy it and it hasn't sunk in for me either by the way if you're wondering not in the slightest so as always if you're listening for the first time thank you very much if you're coming back you're a legend um um, my name's Jacob. I'm joined by JJ. You. Yes.